And there, guys, how are you going? Not too bad. That's the way. I know we've been praying a lot tonight, um, but it's an important thing to do. So I'm just going to pray again as we speak to God again. Heavenly Father, um, as we look at your word here tonight and the example of your Apostle Paul, help us to understand the message at the heart of the gospel. I ask that you help us now to focus, think honestly about our own heart and how we fail to live up to your standard and that we need a saviour. Help us to think these things through tonight and I pray you would speak through me and I would speak only the truth. In Jesus' name, Amen. So, I was reminded of a story I saw on Facebook this week, a story I've seen, I saw a while ago. It was about a guy that did something to a friend that was just about unforgivable. Uh, has anyone here done something like that, something unforgivable? Yeah, there's a few hands going up. Stuffed up so bad that you thought, because of what I've done, there's absolutely no way that person could ever forgive me. Um, well, I was reminded of a story like this this week. It was a story of a best man at a wedding. So this ashamed best man tells the story of being really nervous and a bit tired the day of his friend's wedding, but excited because his friend was getting married. And just before the ceremony was about to start, the groom, now that's the guy getting married, uh, gives the ring to his best mate and he says, keep this safe. Which, in a moment of overthinking, the best man um, kind of panics a bit and he puts it in his mouth. Bit of a weird thing, which the groom responds to, uh, what are you doing? And so the best man goes to take the ring out of his ma- mouth, but then <coughs> he involuntarily hiccups, swallows, and the ring's gone. So the bride and the groom then had to pretend that they were putting on rings with rings on each other at the ceremony while the ring was moving around the best man's digestive tract. Um, And I don't want to bore you with all the details because um, you don't want to hear about how they got the ring back. Um, Yeah, I wouldn't want to tell you about a grown man sifting through his poo. Um, But the point of the story is that uh, this guy has changed that, that couple's wedding forever. Like, how would you feel? That moment forever changed and forever in the memory of that couple's wedding day. Uh, this, yeah, so what I wanted to talk about tonight, guys, is this guy was left wondering if his mate of a decade was ever going to forgive him. Have you guys ever done something unforgivable or at least felt was unforgivable? Maybe not something huge, but has anyone done, ever done a lot of small things over such a long time that it feels like you can't fix a relationship now? Tonight we're going to be taking, uh, taking a look, we're going to be talking about how we can feel unforgivable to God. How we can feel unforgivable because of all the wrong we have done against God. And it kind of stacks up like a daunting mountain of sin. Well, we'll do this by looking at a guy with possibly the worst mountain of sin out there. But someone, and somehow, this unforgivable guy is forgiven. Why? Because Jesus came to save sinners. That's my first point tonight, guys. Jesus comes to save sinners. But don't just take my word for it. I want you to grab out your Bibles and turn to that page if it's not already open. 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 12. You guys all there? So just a quick recap. The guy speaking here is Paul, an apostle, a church leader guy. And this guy he's talking to is his number two guy, Timothy, who is looking after this church in a place called Ephesus. So let's see what instructions Paul has to Timothy. So picking up at verse 12, read with me. I thank Christ Jesus our Lord, who has given me strength, that he considered me trustworthy, 
appointing me to his service, even though I was a blasphemer and a persecutor and a violent man. Okay, so first up here, we have this church leader guy, Paul, thanking Jesus for the job he's been given, which is an apostle, because really he's actually the worst kind of candidate for this job. He's thanking Jesus because if they took applications for this job, for being an apostle, Paul just wouldn't even get a look in. They should take one look at his resume and see blasphemer, persecutor, violent man and say, no way. Do you know what these things are? I'll run, them th- I'll run through them quickly. Blasphemer. This is someone who says something bad or incorrect about God. Paul was called a blasphemer because he became a Christian. Uh, sorry, before he became a Christian, he was a Jewish guy completely against Christians who didn't believe Jesus was the son of God. The second thing he's called, a persecutor. Now, this is someone who tries to hold people down, punish people or bully people based on their beliefs. He was called a persecutor because he used to punish Christians who were actually spreading the truth about Jesus. He would mock them, argue with them, and even put them in jail for being a Christian. And the last one, he was called violent because he went so far persecuting Christians that he would even have them killed. Now, if you go into a job interview with Jesus, with that kind of resume, do you think you'd get the job? Of course not. A couple of yeses there, but no, of course not. But Jesus has given him the job of serving despite what he's done. We see why halfway through verse 13. Pick it up with me. Paul says, I was shown mercy because I act in ignorance and unbelief. The grace of our Lord was poured out on me abundantly, along with the faith and love that are in Christ Jesus. What this part is saying is that even though Paul was a goose and messed things up beyond belief, Paul was still shown mercy and forgiven. And further, he wasn't just forgiven, but received faith and love in Jesus as a gift from God. Not because Paul made up for his mistakes, but because Jesus is merciful. I'll say that again. Paul wasn't forgiven because he made up for his mistakes, but because Jesus is merciful. How does that even work? Paul was full of hate, anger, and he tried to get rid of Jesus' followers. Of all the people, why would God forgive Paul and why would he bless him and love him? Well, Paul gives us the answer in the form of a trustworthy saying. Can you have a look at verse 15? It says, Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, of whom I am the worst. So there you have it. Of all people, why would God forgive this guy? Because Jesus came to save sinners. That's why. Even some of the worst sinners like Paul. Now, it might not be what you expected, but that's the truth. Jesus isn't like some sort of kid at school sport who's picking the teams for sport and he only wants the strong, fit and fast kids for his team and the ones that are easy to play with. No, Jesus is more like, I want that weird German exchange student kid, you know, that's using the tennis racket to hit the cricket ball. That's the kid I want on my team. You see, Jesus is concerned for people who are lost, for people who disobey him and sin against him because he wants them to change. Even though that... They sin in the worst ways. This is who Jesus wants. Why? Because that's who God is. That's who Jesus is. He's amazing. He forgives us when we should be punished. He gives Paul the job of apostle and the faith and love found in Christ because God is different to humans and his love is so much bigger than ours. He wants everyone to come back to him, but especially those who are lost people that have fallen far into sin and think they are too ugly 
or too broken to even come back to him. Guys, look at Paul. He is like this, the worst of sinners. But we're reading here this story tonight to encourage us that our sin, even though great, it isn't bigger than Jesus' love. Jesus comes to save sinners, even the worst. <laughs> what sin have you, so what sin are you guys thinking of right now that you think is unforgivable to God? I'm going to ask you that question again. What sin are you thinking of right now that you think is unforgivable to God? Is it lies? Theft? Is it sexual sin? Bullying? Or you're just failing to live God's way? Or is it more repeated intentional sin, stuff that's harder to get rid of and that you just can't find yourself to stop? Is it like drinking alcohol, watching porn, or looking at men or women lustfully or unhelpfully? Do you think what you have done is too big or you've done too much, uh, too much sin for God to forgive you? Haven't we learned from the example of Paul? No one is too far gone to come back to Jesus. No one is too far gone to come back to Jesus if we trust in him and want to come back to him. You can no longer use the excuse, the excuse, I'm just not good enough. No, Jesus calls the wicked and the sinful to himself. That's me and you. You are a person Jesus is after. There is not a special type of person. I know it's sometimes hard not to see our sin when it is huge and it is terrible and it is wrong, and that's the right way to look at sin. But this is what our sin should look like to us. It is big and it separates us from God. But that doesn't stop us from coming to Jesus. We sometimes expect Jesus can't forgive us, but remember, he comes to save sinners. You guys need to see that next to Jesus, our sin is completely in the shadow of his love. What we need to do is trust in him, working on changing our sinful ways with God's help and turn our lives around by accepting the full size of his forgiveness and his love. That's my first point I want to make tonight, guys. Jesus came to save sinners. He came for you, me, everyone. He doesn't come to people that have it all together, necessarily. He came for sinners and broken people like me and you. The second point I want to make tonight, and this will be a quick one, is we can trust Jesus can forgive us. We heard that Jesus came to save us, but how can we trust he can forgive us? Well, let's read verse 15 again, and we'll find the answer in verse 16. Pick up your Bibles, starting at verse 15. Here is a trustworthy saying that deserves full acceptance. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, of whom I am the worst. But for that very reason, I was shown mercy, so that in me, the worst of sinners... Christ Jesus might display his immense patience as an example for those who would believe in him and receive eternal life. Do you see what it's saying here? Paul, the worst of sinners, has, shown, has been shown mercy, forgiven his terrible sin against God as an example to others, to us. Paul, the worst of sinners, was shown mercy so that we might see the worst being forgiven and come back to God and be sure of our eternal life. Jesus has forgiven Paul to show us if he can be patient with Paul, the worst kind of sinner, he can be patient with us. He will forgive us because Jesus came to save sinners. 
So remember back to that story I told you about the best man who lost his best mate's wedding ring in his stomach? Well, that story ended without me knowing whether that friend has actually forgiven his best man. The best man was hopeful but uncertain about whether he was going to be forgiven. It was too soon after the event. But we are not like that with Jesus. We have seen him forgive Paul, the worst sinner. So Jesus' patience has been tested to the max so we can be sure our mountain of sin is able to be forgiven. But I have to say this. Receiving Jesus' forgiveness isn't automatic. First, we have to trust what Jesus did. Dying on the cross was payment for our sin. And we need to trust that it's enough. We need to trust Jesus' forgiveness and turn our life around. Because if we're trusting in Jesus, we should be trying our hardest to live like him. So what's stopping you? If we trust in Jesus, we can receive eternal life. We can have heaven. So what practical things should we be doing in trusting in Jesus' forgiveness? I'm going to give you a few. The first is, if you aren't Christian, ask for forgiveness now if you haven't already. Ask now. If you're one of those people that are trying to clean up your sin before you become a Christian, you're like, I'm just not good enough just yet, what on earth are you doing? It's good to be cutting sin out of your life, but Jesus forgives sinners, not people that have it all worked out. You just need to ask him first. Ask him now. You might not know this, but Paul actually became a Christian while he was on his way to throwing some Christians in jail. He was right in the middle of his sin when he became a Christian. So don't wait. Trust in Jesus' forgiveness now. Now the second point, the second thing I want to tell you is to Christians. Christians, remind yourself you still need forgiveness. Did you notice Paul, big time hotshot? He doesn't say he used to be the worst sinner and is now all good. No, he says, I am the worst sinner. You see, Paul is still the worst sinner, but Jesus' forgiveness still remains because his heart stays true to trusting in him and he continues to ask for forgiveness. So we need to keep reminding ourselves too to trust in Jesus as well. Bookmark this passage. Pray and thank God for his forgiveness every day. We need to remind ourselves of this, of this thing about Jesus. We can't forget it. It's the best. If you are a Christian that trusts in Jesus, you might be carrying around some guilt for sin. Sin that's still happening in your life. What I, what I recommend is you just ask God for help. You might actually be making the mistake of thinking your sin is bigger than Jesus' mercy. And it's not. Trust Jesus has forgiven you and let go of that guilt and ask him to help you change. The third and final point I want to make, and this is the thing that I really want you guys to be doing this week, be doing for the rest of the term, is telling anyone about the good news, Jesus saves sinners of the worst kind. If we know now that there's no special type of person that gets forgiven by Jesus, then why aren't we telling everyone? Who are you telling? Don't judge who they are or what they do. Tell them about Jesus and trust that he can change them. We all need to work harder at this, myself included. Think about a friend right now, someone you could be helping to see this truth and make a plan to tell them. Those are just a few things we can be doing if we trust this message. 
We trust that Jesus can forgive us and he can forgive the worst of sinners. In this passage tonight, we saw Paul, the worst sinner, giving praises to Jesus for forgiving him. The holy and perfect Jesus coming to save the most wretched and lost person in Paul. Now this same saviour calls you back to him. And this same saviour has already called back many people in this room here tonight. So listen to that call. And don't be listening to the world out there. They'll be leading your heart away from the truth and leading you away from eternal life. If you have not returned to God and put your trust in Jesus, your sin is not going to stop you. Only your will to ask for forgiveness will stop you. Trust in Jesus in his patience and love. It's beyond anything this world can provide. Repent of your sin, trust and believe this message, guys. I'm just going to pray for us now. Pray with me.